camera metering how to get the right exposure hi and a very warm welcome to episode blimey 159 of the photography explained podcast i'm your host rick and in each episode i will try to explain one photographic thing to you in plain english in less than 27 minutes ish without the irrelevant details I'm a professionally qualified photographer based in England with a lifetime of photographic experience, which I share with you in my podcast. First, here is the answery bit. When you take a photo, you press the shutter button. The camera takes a meter reading of the light before the shutter opens. The shutter then opens, exposing the camera sensor to light. The amount of light that gets through to the camera lens is determined by the aperture selected and the amount of time that the shutter is open, which is the shutter speed. The ISO determines how the camera processes the light that reaches the camera sensor. Depending on which mode you're in, the camera selects the aperture, shutter and ISO to get the correct exposure, having taken a meter reading. This is all done in the time between you pressing the shutter button and the photo being taken. Right, well that was the answer a bit. Here is the talky bit. Okay then, after covering aperture, shutter, ISO and the exposure triangle, I wanted to finish off this little series with some thoughts on how this little lot happens how the camera measures the light, and how it gets the exposure correct. Now, the answer bit was just telling you what happens. Now, I couldn't possibly squeeze the how bit into um, into an answer bit, so this is what I've done. And if this sounds complicated, don't worry, it'll just be fine. And it's going to put a lot of stuff together nicely, which has got to be a good thing. Sorry, I just had to make a bit of an adjustment then to my headphones. I've got a strange creaking sound in my head. Okay then, well, this is what I'm going to talk about in this episode. Photography, drawing with light. How does the meter measure light? Reflected light, incident light, exposure triangle, metering modes, evaluative metering, partial metering, spot metering, centre-weighted metering, partial metering, highlight priority, when do you change the metering mode, how to change the metering mode, exposure compensation, camera modes again, automatic modes, semi-automatic modes, manual mode, taking a photo, And of course, what if I use a phone and not a camera? And what if I take photos with a film camera? And finally, what do I do? Well, there you go. This is what's included. And I hope that this summary list helps. See, I haven't tried doing this before. So let me know if you think it's a good thing or not, please. If you think it's a waste of your time, let me know. And I won't do it again, I promise you. Anyway, it's nice. It's nice to know what we're going to be talking about, isn't it? And what I'm doing, I'm not going to go over all the things I've covered previously. I'm just going to put all the bits together now. So hopefully this will all make sense and put a load of good stuff together. Right then, so let's get stuck into this one. Looking forward to this. Photography, drawing with light. It's a great place to start. What is photography? Well, it's drawing with light. So doesn't it make sense that we understand how the camera measures the light and how the camera comes up with what it thinks is the best exposure? And how it captures the light in your most wonderful photo? Of course it makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Now remember, for every photo, there is one optimum exposure. Anything else is a variation on this. And that doesn't mean that there's one right and everything else is wrong. It's not that simple. Okay, how does the the meter measure light? Most cameras have a light meter built into them. Yeah, I might go as far as to say that anything that takes photos has a light meter in it. Yeah, thinking about it, of course they do. They must do. So what's the light meter doing? Well, it's measuring the amount of light that is reaching the camera sensor. And this is actually the reflected light off the subject. More on that in a minute. The meter measures the amount of light coming in through the camera lens, in most cases, which is where the term TTL comes from. 
TTL is short for through the lens. There you go. Something in photography that makes sense. We should frame it. <laughs> the, the, the meat. Sorry about that. The meter is measuring the brightness of the light reaching the sensor. And, and this is why ISO relates to the brightness of an image. Now, that sort of makes sense now, doesn't it? OK, getting back to the camera meter. Well, the camera meter, it sees light as 18% grey, and I, I covered this in the last episode. So what your camera's doing, it's measuring the, the light reflecting off your subject, and it's using the camera settings to turn the light getting through the camera sensor to 18% grey. I'm not going to answer the why on that, because um, I've only just thought about it now. Let's just accept this is a fact. So the camera meter is measuring the brightness of the light and selecting camera settings to get as close to 18% grey as it can. Yeah, all sounds rather grey to me. How does a camera meter actually work? Well, this is a big question, isn't it? How does a camera meter actually work? How does a meter measure the level of light? OK, you won't be surprised to hear me say this. No idea. And knowing this is not going to help me to take better photos. No, it's enough for me to know what it's doing. The hair is a bridge too far for me, and that, to me, is irrelevant detail. So let's just move straight on, OK? I mentioned reflected light earlier. Camera meters measure the light reflected off a subject, which is useful to know. And there is another type of light, which is called incident light. Incident light measures the light that is reaching the subject before it is reflected off the subject. Incident light metering is done using a handheld meter, and it, it's more accurate. So you would have thought we'd all do that, wouldn't you? But I've never done it myself. Um, I just thought it was worth mentioning, because I'm talking about how cameras get the correct exposure. So, yeah, logic suggests that if you put a meter in front of your subject and measure the light that is arriving at that subject, that will be more accurate than measuring what's reflected. But it's enough of that. I'm going to move on. We don't need to worry about incident light again, but at least I've told you now. OK, exposure triangle. Well, this is the combination of the aperture, shutter and ISO. Actually, it's shutter speed. Do you know, I've noticed that I write shutter rather than shutter speed rather a lot. And I'm trying to correct it, but that one just snuck in there. So I'm just going to say that again. The exposure triangle is the combination of the aperture, shutter speed and ISO. And I covered this in episode 158, my beginner's guide to the exposure triangle. So we can move on. A fine episode it was too. Metering modes. This is the how the camera assesses the light bit. And as ever, I'm using my Canon 6D as the reference point. That's the camera that I use most of the time. The Canon 6D has four different metering modes. Selecting a metering mode is considered an advanced operation by Canon, by the way. So the four metering modes are evaluative metering, partial metering, spot metering, and center-weighted average metering. Now, I'm sure Canon don't mind, but I'm going to use the words from the Canon 6D manual to describe each of these. They've done such a good job, all I'd be doing will be rewording what they've said anyway, and we don't want that to happen, do we? And yes, I have the Canon 6D manual in PDF on my desktop, and it's one of my go-to references. Your camera manual, it's one of the best resources that you can get for your camera, and it's, um, well, it's not free, is it? Because the cost of that is wrapped up in the cost of your camera, but you know what I mean. Evaluative metering. So this is what Canon say. This is a general purpose metering mode suited even for backlit subjects. The camera sets the exposure mat automatically to suit the scene. Nice and simple and easy for you to say, Rick. Partial metering. Effective when the background is much brighter than the subject due to backlighting, etc. 
the metering is weighted at the centre, covering approximately 8% of the viewfinder area. Spot metering. This is for metering a specific spot of the subject or scene. The metering is weighted at the centre, covering approximately 3.5% of the viewfinder area. Centre-weighted average metering. The metering is weighted at the centre and then averaged for the entire scene. Okay then, so that is the four metering modes on my Canon 6D. And there's, there's one more specific thing here. Using evaluative metering, the exposure setting is locked when you press the shutter button halfway and have sorted out your focus. With the other metering modes, the exposure is set when you take the photo. Now that's a subtle but an important difference. So find out what metering modes your camera has and have a play with them. Right then, so when do you change the metering mode? I'm trying not to say well at the start of every sentence here. I think I'm doing okay, but I'm finding it a little bit, little bit off-putting because uh, I'm not, my brain's not that, not, not that clever really. Okay, so when do you change the metering mode? I have used evaluative metering mode for years, well, longer than I can remember. And I'm sure I tried the others when I first bought my camera, but I've never, never had the need to change from evaluative metering myself. Give the others a try. You never know which might work best for what you do, but, but practice with the chosen mode so you understand how the camera is interpreting the light. And you tend not to change the metering mode from one shot to the next. Although the, there will be circumstances when you could do that, but I've never had the need to. Camera modes again. Well, ah, car alarm going. Great. Just when I thought I was going to get some nice peace and quiet. There are three main camera modes. Automatic modes also known in the Canon world as basic zone modes. When you take a photo using these modes, the camera selects the aperture, shutter speed and ISO. This combination of settings depends on what mode you're in and you can, you can set the metering mode in the basic zone mode. Semi-automatic modes. You select the aperture, the camera selects the shutter speed or you select the shutter speed and the camera selects the aperture. Manual mode. You select everything. The camera uses the settings that you select regardless of what the meter is saying. Yes, the camera is doing what you tell it to do in manual mode. Taking a photo. Yeah, some thoughts on taking a photo. Your camera cannot capture everything that you can see. The human eye can see a broader range of lights and darks than a camera can capture in a single image. This is just a fact. The range of light is called the dynamic range. Humans can see a wider dynamic range than the camera can capture. So taking a photo is a compromise from the very beginning. And your camera, it won't always get it right. Your camera meter can be tricked by complex lighting conditions. Your camera will not always give you a good exposure. Think about it. All the meter's doing is averaging out the amount of light that you're pointing it at. Or at it. <laughs> if there's a massive range of light, such as photographing a person in complete shadow with the sun behind them, your camera has no chance of getting the exposure right. Your camera meter has no chance of correctly interpreting the light in the scene. In this scenario, the camera is trying to average out the light and it'll give you an underexposed everything and an overexposed sun. Basically, nothing will be right. And also remember that your camera does not know if you want to use a fast shutter speed to a slower shutter speed unless you tell it. It's trying to give you the perfect exposure every time using the programming built into it. Digital cameras are incredibly sophisticated, but we have to help them. And this is why we as photographers have a massive role to play in helping the camera meter interpret the light correctly and give you a correct exposure. Yep, you need to think about what you're pointing your camera at and where the light is. 
how the camera works is fixed. You, the photographer, you're the variable. So learn how your camera reads and measures light, but learn how and when you need to change things to get a photo right. And this lot helps you to do specific things, such as, well, you might want a slow shutter speed to introduce, well, motion blur, or you might need a faster shutter speed to freeze the action to eliminate camera shake or allow you to take a photo handheld with a longer focal length. You might also want to use a specific aperture setting, selecting a smaller aperture to get more depth of field or a wider aperture to blur the background. Just a few examples there. I know it's not strictly metering, but it's a reason why you need to have metering so you can change things and still get the correct exposure. Exposure compensation. Well, quick word on exposure compensation here, which, yep, I nearly forgot this. Exposure compensation is a quick way of changing the exposure. On my Canon 6D, there is an exposure compensation dial that I use to very quickly tweak the exposure. Right, that is that lot covered nicely. Right, talk a bit over. What if I use a phone and not a camera? I think I said this on the last episode. I don't, I don't really bother with any of this stuff when I'm taking photos with my phone. I just take photos and move on. What if I use a film camera? Well, you haven't got the different metering modes. You have whatever is built into the camera, but it will be some form of centre-weighted metering, probably. And there may be some film cameras that have got um, more complicated uh, metering modes. And a great example, the good old Canon AE-1, a bit of an old film classic. The metering mode of that was called Central Emphasis Metering. Now, I guess that's not that dissimilar to um, what we have today, is it? Because same principles, film or digital, you're capturing light. It's all you're doing. So it doesn't matter what the medium is, it's the same thing. And this, of course, is why practice is so important. However your film camera measures the light, you have to learn how the camera interprets the light in a scene and how to adjust this for different lighting situations. You can't take a photo and have a look, can you? Not with using film, and that's one of the downsides of film, of course. And this got me thinking again, which I know is a dangerous thing. I, I really do want to give film photography another go. And I've just been reading the, the Canon A1 manual, and it looks so old, but it's fantastic learning material, I have to say, even today. It tells you how to use the camera the old school film way, and, and pretty much all of what it describes is excellent practice today. So if you ever have a different form of training reference, try an old camera manual, an old film camera manual. We're doing the same with digital cameras, it's just that we've got much more margin for error, and if we make a mistake, we can just do it all over again. So, well worth a look. Might sound dull, but they're actually really interesting. What do I do? I use the default evaluative metering mode on my Canon 6D. Not very adventurous, I know. I use AV mode, aperture priority mode, and I use a low ISO. And I also use auto exposure bracketing. All these things together mean that I don't need to worry too much about the exposure settings when I take a photo. I've most bases covered, and using AEB, the bits at either end are covered too. And I've rarely changed exposure modes. I'm happy with how I do what I do. That was really smartly worded, wasn't it, Rick? Now, all these things, they allow me to concentrate on the composition, which is just how I want things to be. I See, I don't want to be faffing around with my camera adjusting things. And on a normal shoot, in normal conditions, well, in most conditions, I don't change the camera settings at all. The only things I do is I decide where I'm going to focus using one of the 11 focus points that I manually select. Yes, really. And no, it doesn't take me that long. 
I focus, I take a meter reading, and then I press the shutter release button, and that is a photo done. That's all I need to do. It's how I work, and it's brilliant. And this, this is how it should be, really, isn't it? What matters? Well, what's the only thing that matters? It's the final image. It's what's in the photo. That's all anybody else cares about. No one cares how clever and complicated you've made this, because all they see is your photo. Okay, that was what I do. Sorry, I went off on one then a bit, didn't I? Right, some thoughts from the last episode, which was episode 158, my beginner's guide to the exposure triangle. Well, what did I forget to say? Nothing. <laughs> I think I nailed it. No, no, no. Sorry, there was one thing. I got in a muddle with my ISO numbers in the middle, and I remember saying ISO 1400 when I meant ISO 400. So if that confused you, that was just me getting it wrong. And that's why I don't give too many examples, because I, I can get myself into a little bit of a mess from time to time. No, other than that, it was all good. Next episode, well, what is exposure bracketing? Yeah, I've covered this one before in episode 113, and that was when my episodes were, they're only 10-ish minutes long, so I'm going to cover this one properly, which I'm looking forward to doing. And then I'm going to dive straight into crop factor. Right, ask me a question. If you have a question you would like me to answer, just head over to the podcast website, photographyexplainedpodcast.com forward slash start. And here you can find out what to do. Or just say hi. Don't mind. Be great to hear from you. And it saved me from having to come up with a question myself. Right, that's all. This episode was brought to you by, for a change, a cheese and pickle sandwich and a bag of salt and vinegar crisps. Well, why not? All washed down with, nope, not cold Diet Pepsi, but water. All before I settled down in my homemade, acoustically cushioned, technologically advanced sound recording emporium today's acoustic treatment is two cushions two hoodies and the technologically advanced bit is i've got my new computer now so hopefully all my problems are behind me so editing this should be a breeze as was recording it so i'm going to stop waffling there i've been rick mcavoy thanks again very much for listening to my small but perfectly formed podcast it says here and for giving me 27-ish minutes of your valuable time. Now, I think this episode's going to be about 23 minutes longer after I've edited out the mistakes and the other bad stuff. Okay, I'm done. Take care, stay safe. Cheers from me, Rick. <laughs>